0: Well, good morning. good morning. I hope you're all in good spirits. I hope you're all well. I hope you're all experiencing God's goodness and his mercy and his kindness. Now, I wasn't here last week, but I had the privilege of listening to Lewis. Awesome message. If you were not here, you need to listen to that message. It was a great message. You know, now there are two Pentecostals in the house. Yeah! <laughs> Yeah, I listened to it, I was like, and, and, and it just happened that as I was preparing yesterday, I, was, I just listened to it, and Lewis had just texted me, you know, to send me a blessing, and I said, man, if Chris and uh, Lane and myself were taken home, this thing would continue, because we've got some great people, Got to trusted that you know, we've got Mark, we've got Lewis, we've got Kevin, we've got Richard, we've got other ladies, but particularly those who have got an anointing on them, and God has trusted them to us, so we know that this work's going to go on, we know that whatever happens, they've got the vision, they've got the passion for it, so it was a a real honor, thank you Lewis, I really enjoyed the message, right, now then, we're now uh, on to the third week, and as you know, Mark uh, covered the, the first week, which was Christ the center, the week before, as I said, we had the center of faith with Lewis, and and Lewis really challenged us to have Christ at the center of every part of our lives, and he brought forward this idea, Uh, he said we need to break this idea between the secular and the sacred, in fact, every part of our life is sacred, was the point that he was making, and we need Christ in it, great message, please do listen to it, well, oh, hmm. Okay, I'm going to get into the message, but I I just want to stop before I do that. You may not realize this, but, you know, we're in a warfare. We're in a battle. And as a church, as we're seeking to push forward and do the things that God wants us to do in terms of phase 2 we're experiencing some pushback. You know, obviously, those of us on the pastoral team, we, we you know, we hear the good things and we hear the challenging things that are going on in people's lives. And I, and I just felt God say to me this morning, before you kind of get into the message, let's just get the church to pray together, so that we can just ask God's protection upon us. We need breakthrough, and correct me if I'm wrong, but we're still just waiting for the planning permission to come through. So we need to just. Stand firm as a congregation. So would you stand with me? We're going to pray together. You know, our business manager Jill Young, she just broke her leg. You know, we need to pray for her. Um, okay, this is not you know Richard and uh, Tara. But she's just gone into labour, so we want to pray for safe delivery there. But there are others amongst us who've been sick, challenges, etc. And as I talk with the team, you know, we've been experiencing things going on. And we don't like to give the enemy the glory, but what we want to do is we want to call upon heaven and ask God to move in power in our name, in his name, so that the kingdom of God can move forward and we might stand firm and continue to do this work, whatever the enemy throws at us. So let's pray together. And what I'm going to do, go, we'll pray first, and then I'm going to get us to all pray as a community together, and then we'll get into the message. Father, we thank you and we bless you. That you have determined by your spirit to entrust the church with the mission to make your name known. And Father, we thank you for the fact that you have touched our hearts. You've touched our pockets. You've taken our energy so that, Lord, we as your people might move forward. And Father, you see the activities of the evil one. You've seen how you sought to discourage us, to challenge us. Lord, we come now in your name as your people, thanking you for the authority that we have in your name as sons and daughters of God, not born of the will of man or of flesh, but of of, born of God. And therefore, as your anointed people, we take authority over all the works of the evil one as he seeks to resist your will in this community. Lord, for the planning permission, let it not be confusion. Let it come through in Jesus Christ's name. Let it come through in Jesus Christ's name. We pray protection over your people at home and at work and at play. And we pray for Jill this morning that you will heal that broken leg in the name of Jesus, that you will reduce the pain, you'll bless on, bless the lads. May they know your protection. Lord, we ask you for Richard and for Tara as they go through labor, that... that that Mara may be safely born and Lord for any in our community you're experiencing challenges relationally challenges emotionally challenges financially that you will provide in the name of Jesus and Lord we ask you now as your people that we will stand firm in the authority of who we are and we would move forward and Lord as your community we ask you now that with signs and wonders will take place in the name of Jesus that the kingdom of God will advance. That as we seek to bring phase two into action, all the finance will come in and there will be a surplus, so that your name may be glorified, your kingdom may be extended, and your will may be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 And let's just pray together now as God puts prayers in your hearts. Two minutes now where we just ask God to intervene for whatever God puts in your heart. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we look to you now. Lord, hear our prayers, Lord. Thank you that you are God, that you are Lord. We bless you, Father. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness, your graciousness. Thank you that you are with us and you are for us. Blessed be your name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, So, Lord, hear our prayers in the name of your blessed Son, Jesus. Amen. Please be seated. So, let's get right into this now. We're going to look at Christ, the center of love. Now, if you know the oh, beg your pardon, before we do that, let's see the, uh, as it were, the intro, thank you. I didn't see that until after I finished my preparation, so the wonderful thing about that is it summarizes the book to bring us to this point. So then, we see then that Jesus is prominent in creation and redemption and the church, and in chapters 1 and 2, Paul puts our as it were, puts before us the doctrine of our position and what Christ has done for us. The fact is, he is indeed preeminent in creation, redemption and the church. So Paul also goes on to say to us that we need to beware of the philosophies that are around. Now, just as there were philosophies back then, so there are philosophies now. And these are the things that actually, we who are followers of Jesus, we need to reject these philosophies. Secularism, Lewis mentioned it. To think within a frame of reference bounded by the limits of our time on earth. This idea of the secular and sacred, it's not from God. Self-reliance, very popular in our society. A desire to control everything, people's events, even future events. Materialism. An assumption that nothing else exists except what we can see and can be tested and can be proved to be real. And rationalism, a belief that seeks to authenticate all experience through the use of empirical scientific explanation and not to be confused with rational thinking. In other words, if you can't touch it, feel it. If you can't go by by scientific empirical study, prove it, then it's not real. Very popular in the West. We need to reject that because the Bible talks about demons. The Bible talks about angels. We realize that the spiritual realm is more powerful than the physical realm. These are philosophies that are popular, particularly in the Western world. And the problem is this. The minute you kind of get into the academic community, as soon as you meet the, the masters and the doctors, and the the deans and the people who are respected, uh, the great and the good, and you move amongst them, and they say to you, really? (laughs) In these modern times, how can you believe that a man could die and come back to life? And if you are with them, this is the moment of truth because Jesus said about those Pharisees who preferred the praise of men rather than the affirmation of God. And you know what? I'd rather be considered foolish by that group of people than by my Lord. Because you see, you need to say, well, I do, even in these modern times (laughs) because I've experienced his love. I've experienced his power. I've experienced his grace. And I've experienced his mercy. And no empirical evidence will ever touch what I've experienced. So we need to watch that. Particularly as you move through. Particularly as you get in the academic community. They, they, and people compromise. Well, I'm happy to be a fool for Christ. Whose fool are you? Amen. So the other thing he talks about is to beware of legalism. And there now, the situation in Colossae is that people, their faith has been impacted. Paul is seeking to deal with some of the errors that are coming into the church. You've got those who were in Judaism seeking to influence now the freedom that people have in Christ. Don't do this. And there were 629 uh, Judaic laws that people had to comply with. Now that they've become you know, followers of Jesus, as someone put it, they could eat pork on a Friday. <laughs> if you were a Jew, you'd understand that. <laughs> so people say, no, you mustn't do this. And then there was special revelation, what they called Gnosticism, beginning to come into the church. So Paul says this. Beware of legalism. Why? Colossians 2 13 to 15, it says this. When you were dead in your sins and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive with Christ. He forgave us our sins. Having counseled out the charge of legal indebtedness, which stood against us and condemned us, he has taken it out of the way. What? Nailing it to the cross. And having disarmed the powers and authorities, he made a public spectacle of them triumphing over them by the what the cross so in other words there's nothing you can do by keeping the rules that will please God Jesus did it all on the cross for you he dealt with the stuff in our lives so that we now can have relationship with God so keeping the rules they're going to help you so really what does Paul saying Let's look at the passage. Colossians 2, 16 16 to 17 says this. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat or drink, or regard to a religious festival, a new moon celebration, or a Sabbath. These are a shadow of things that were to come. The reality, however, is found in Christ. In other words, (laughs) Christ is the real thing. Remember, remember, those of you who've been around long, remember Coke? Yes. It's the real thing. It's a lie. <laughs> Jesus is the real thing. Jesus is the real thing. Yeah, love it. So then, it, as we come into chapter three, which is where we're going, we move from what Christ has done, and Paul begins to discuss the position of the follower of Jesus, the practice of the follower of Jesus. The putting off of the old man. That's not your dad. And the putting <laughs> off of the new man. Because when I read that, you know, I am not someone will think of it. Yeah? And we're going to actually focus down on the last one, putting on of the new man. I'm going to have to move with purpose this morning, but we'll get there. So let's consider how we can make Christ the center of love. And that's Colossians 3, 12 to 17. Read it with me now. Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved... and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with wisdom through psalms, hymns, songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts, and whatever you do, whatever in in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, giving thanks to God the Father through him. Now, how do we clothe ourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, and patience? Well, it's right there at the beginning Verse 12, you need to know that you're chosen. You need to know that you're chosen. Ephesians 1, 4 says this, or 1, 4, 3 to 4. Praise be to the God our Father, Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly reigns with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For what? He chose you before the creation, before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love. Friends, you're chosen. When Christ is at your the center of love, you know you're affirmed for who you are, and you have the attention and the affection and the advocacy of the one who lives to make intercession for us. It was wonderful what Kevin was just ministering to us at the worship. It's all Matthew 3:17, the affirmation of the Father. Now, here's the question. Today. Do you know in your heart that you're chosen, that you're holy, and you're beloved? Do you know that? And for some of you, well, yes, I know this intellectually, but the reality is, and because of, no, do you know this well, that you are not an accident, that God before the foundation of the earth, chose you to be his son and his daughter. That you are loved. That you are precious. That the thoughts that he has about you, great are to some of them. And are you getting to know this quite well? That you're gloriously. And wondrously made. Now for many of us, we don't know that well. We know it intellectually. We know it cognitively. But in terms of experiential understanding, experiencing it, many of us are deficient. Are you hiding from God and people under a blanket of shame? And as I was preparing this message, I said, oh, no, Lord, we don't want to go there. He said, yes, you've got to go there. Are you hiding under a blanket of shame? He said, well, what do you mean by this? Well, a wonderful lady, Lisa McGuinness in her book, uh, The Journey of Grace, she's put it like this. This is what she said about shame. For most of us, shame is resident in us, body, mind, and soul. Some of us are wrapped in a blanket of shame, allowing it to define us. Now, you see, if you want Jesus to be the center of love in your heart and you have shame, then when, Father comes to, when Jesus comes to you and he wants to pour love into you, you're going to stop him because you're going to say, I don't deserve it. You're going to say, because of. You're going to say, because of this, because of that. And when he comes to give you unconditional love, you're going to move away. You know, we read in Luke 37 to 47 about Jesus. He's invited to a Pharisee's house. And as he's there, reclining at table, a woman who is a prostitute finds out that he's actually there. She comes in, and as is the Jewish custom, they would wash your feet and dry them before you came in to remove the dust. Well, this woman, she comes in, She's a prostitute. She finds Jesus. She pours out her tears and she uses her hair to wipe his feet. Then she gets oil, perfume, and she washes. She pours it on his feet. Now, the Pharisee, who is religious, he says, hmm. If this man was a prophet, he would know what type of woman she is and the type of woman who is touching him. However, this is what Jesus says. Therefore, I tell you, her many sins have been forgiven, as her great love has shown. But... Whoever has been forgiven little loves little. And herein, my friends, we have an issue. You see, if you've got a lot of stuff in your life that you're ashamed of, this is what happens. You can come to church, you can go through the motions, but you never make yourself known. Why? Because you're afraid that if you actually open up to people, they're going to be ashamed of you, so therefore you keep people at a distance. Which means that you miss out on the grace of God, you miss out on the love and mercy of Jesus as he wants to pour it into your heart and you keep everybody at a distance. And you're caught between a rock and a hard place because you desperately want to be loved but you're not secure enough to actually allow people to know who you really are. So you live a life of angst. And one of the symptoms of that is that you are very anxious because it's like fear of being discovered. And and this morning, you know, like that woman, you need to understand that as a prostitute, in a society that really had a negative, misogynistic attitude towards women anyway. For her to do what she did, she had to press through the judgment from the religious community. She had to press through the customs of being a nobody. And I'm saying it, but I don't mean it. She was just a piece of meat as far as that community was concerned, but she pressed through. and she experienced forgiveness and love of Christ and she poured it all out she poured it all out and friends when you experience the love and forgiveness of God and it impacts you when you realize that it's by his grace and his mercy and his goodness that you are here and when you think about some of the stuff that's gone on in your life but yet Jesus is still there for you, you are able to pour out Love and mercy to others. And some of us, oh mercy, need to look like that lady, we need to put off that blanket of shame and come and receive his forgiveness so we can release his love and forgiveness to others. That's how it works. If you find that you are very judgmental, if you find you don't have a lot of compassion, then I would put it to you that chances are you've got stuff in your life that's blocking it up so that Jesus, you can't experience his love and mercy because he needs to come and deal with your stuff. And if shame keeps you in the darkness, the scripture tells us if you come into the light, if he is in the light, the blood of Jesus will cleanse you, you will know a deep healing, and you will begin to find safe people that you can share your stuff with so you can ex- continue to experience his love and his grace and your mercy, and you can be a conduit of his love and his grace and his mercy and his goodness and his kindness and his faithfulness to other people. That's how it works. So friends, you know, if, you're in a connect, if you're not in a connect group, I would challenge you to say, who is the person that deals with your stuff other than Jesus, who you cannot see? Who knows the good Dennis and the bad Dennis? Who knows the, the good stuff about you and the bad stuff about you? That's why one reason we have connect groups, so you can begin this process by which God is able to work in your heart and you are able to have intimacy with him and each other. What happens is in church are like this, everybody comes along, they have a great time of worship, they live the f- life of faith vicariously between, what, 9.30 and 11 o'clock, and then they go out, have donuts, sit upstairs, have a good chat, and then go home, and in a week, never had any interaction with anybody. That's not good enough, friends. If you want to know God deeply and you want to grow... You will never know God deeply. You will never grow unless you recognize the importance of community and the need for you to have that interaction with each other where we are known and we make ourselves known. Now, I'm looking at a clock and I'm thinking, oh, mercy. <laughs> where? do we bring the shame and the pain and the fear and the anxiety? We bring it to the cross. We bring it to the cross. It's at the cross where we bring our stuff. It's at the cross that we're able to unload the stuff that's in our hearts and what I would say to you this morning is that we're going to have a ministry trial as we always do but what I'd ask you to do this morning is come out from under the blanket and it takes courage I'm not devaluing what's going on in your life but it takes courage to step out you know if this morning your marriage has got challenges and in a church this side we would have that then don't wait till you're almost going to the divorce lawyer. Speak to someone. Because we don't do shame and we don't do, we don't do shame here. This is a safe place. We're not going to say, well, really, you know. We're not going to do that stuff. Don't wait until you're at the precipice. Come to the cross. Let Jesus take your pain. Let Jesus take your shame we can only put on love and this is me finishing now as we allow christ the center of love to take our pain and our shame as we leave it at the cross when we begin when we begin to experience christ's love forgiveness and tenderness in a deeper way it is the love which will empower us to reach out to everyone who is seeking and searching for jesus It's this love that will cause us as a community to give our time and our energy and our money to turning a space into a place where Christ is known. It is this love that will cause the world to know that we are followers of Jesus because of the way that we love one another. It is this love which is poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit because Romans 5.5 5 says this, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love is poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who's been given to us. And you know what, friends? When everything else is gone, it will be this love that we see on the cross as Isaac Watts him writer put it like this sorrow and love mingle down. It will be that love that brings us home. I pray for you this morning. Please stand. Ban come. Pray for you this morning that you might know this love of Christ. Paul praying for the Ephesians, said this. He said, I pray to the Father, I bow my knee before the Father in heaven, from whom every family is named, that you might know what is the height and what is the breadth and what is the depth of his love in Christ Jesus. And you know, friends, if shame and pain is the center of your life, then God this morning would want you to bring the shame and the pain to the cross so that you can make space in your heart to experience His love and His mercy and His grace and His goodness and His faithfulness and His kindness and His compassion and His goodness. And you might experience and taste and see that this Lord Jesus, who died for us on a cross who made an open show of principalities and powers having made purification for your sin and my sin now sits down at the right hand of the majesty on high and he wants to pour into your heart love that you've never experienced affirmation that you've never known affection that you could never get from any person. Attention and advocacy to know that you are valued because a man named Jesus, who now sits at the right hand of the majesty on high, went to a cross for you and for me, amen.